0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. This podcast is kindly sponsored by N200 GES, our smart event solution partner. For more information on N200 and its smart event solutions, visit N200 dot com. So, a very good afternoon, um, an evening or morning, depending on where you're tuning into uh, this live stream of the podcast via event news dot Tonight's al- uh, live stream, as always, allows you to interact in real time with our guests, giving you the power to put questions directly to them. You can also submit your questions via Twitter using at event news blog or using the window on your uh, on your screen at the moment that you're watching the webinar on. Um, Don't forget to stay up to date with all of the latest content from eventindustrynews.com by downloading the brand new Event Industry News app, which is available for all the major mobile devices. On to today's episode. Um, Let's first of all welcome our guest, I think, before we we announce the the title or or the subject that we're going to be talking about, because that may start to put things into context for us. Um, Chris Holmes joins us. Chris is the Director of Broadcasting at Zoot. Chris, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon and good afternoon, everybody. Um, thanks very much for joining us. So first of all, tell us um, what Zoot does, and then that will lead us, I think, nicely, into looking at what we're going to be talking about today.:
1: Yeah, Zoot is basically a, a video agency, so we specialize in all things video, uh, from anything from a, a TV commercial right down to sort of Internet, web videos. Um, and uh, a big part of that is the live video element and um, the sort of live broadcast side. Uh, which is obviously why we're here today um, so obviously the live side is growing massively with the sort of rollout of facebook live youtube live and, and things like mm. that so we've been doing it for probably about i don't know three or four years now doing the sort of online side and um, recently it's really really picked up this sort of adoption rates are uh, increasing quite a bit so uh, that's mm. obviously what we're going to talk about today
0: Absolutely, and and, and you've already mentioned a couple of platforms there, and um, I suppose, let's put it, reflect a little bit over the last few years, most people will have been to an event now, whether that be a conference, a trade show, um, a consumer event where they've seen cameras there doing uh, live footage and being streamed live via a website, so the concept of live streaming has now been around for a few years, and I suppose what some of the social media platforms have uh, created in the last couple of years is a way to do that on a far more simple basis, a level I suppose, with with, with less sophistication, less cameras required, anybody can now get their mobile phone out and start a live stream. I I suppose specifically today we were going to look at Facebook Live but you mentioned YouTube have got that platform as well, most people will also have seen Periscope that's now integrated with, with Twitter so I suppose what we should really do is look at all of those different social media live streaming platforms now and and the benefits of them and how how event organizers can use them the first thing I want to ask uh, and this may be a really obvious question but is is something like Facebook live where it can be just somebody holding their mobile phone up in the air gonna deliver the quality of content in terms of the picture quality the audio quality that an event organizer would want to have as a reflection of their event?
1: Uh, in a simple answer, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think you'll find that when people sort of do the Facebook Lives off off their phone, off an iPhone or a, an, another kind of smartphone, um, if it's well lit and the, the sound is loud, you know, the, there's a sort of satisfactory kind of uh, result from that. Um, I think that um, if, if you're spending like thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds on an event, and it's being filmed properly, then you need to sort of make that final bit of investment to live stream it properly, which is obviously doing sort of multi camera and, and, and proper sort of video encoding. Um, and then, you know, taking the time to do it well. Um, but yeah, um, I see quite a lot of uh, music events, Facebook, uh, that are done on Facebook Live and pushed out. Um, just to name a few, like Mambo's, they do a lot of sort of live broadcast, and I think for that regular sort of daily maintenance kind of um, updates, I think that works really, really well. But um, I think if you were doing one big bang event, then you need to make the investment um,
0: in the sort of infrastructure and the technology to do it properly. As a, as a company delivering that that service, um, how uh, has it has it been tricky in a way balancing an, an event organiser's demands or requirements when it comes to live streaming. Have some of them looked at things like Periscope and YouTube Live and Facebook Live and said, oh, well, actually, we perhaps don't need to spend the money on all the cameras and all the lighting if we can maybe just have a, you know, a bit of lighting and a and, and an iPad on a stand."
1: Um, yeah, I mean, we we do have quite a few conversations, not so much on the actual live streaming of the event. We do quite a lot of um, beaming in speakers from, you know, someone can't make the event and they want to do a presentation. Right, and, okay. Um, there's obviously lots of technology out there to sort of beam in a, a speaker. So I was talking to someone today and they're beaming in a speaker from the States to do an hour presentation and they sort of, um, okay, so why, why can't we just do this on Skype? Um, you know, is a two-way interface. So we had a, a good conversation, and, and basically they're looking at using the sort of Skype for Business and the TX kind of approach. So it, it actually looks uh, more um, more professional and slicker. So you can get rid of the Skype logos and things like that. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with anyone who sort of said, oh, we, you know, we don't, we'll just do it on uh, Facebook or Twitter or something like that. So that's that's
0: not really occurred yet. So uh, let, let's. I suppose that's, that's a bit of a, a negative question in a way to ask if if there have been any difficulties with it. What have the positives been since you've been able to integrate and utilise platforms like Facebook Live with the actual hardware and the facility that you can bring to the to the equation as well? Yeah, I mean, with with it's sort of rolled out
1: as a, a sort of process. Obviously, the YouTube came along first, and uh, that was a real step forward because the first thing it did it made the actual distribution of the content free. Mm-hmm. So that was like the big thing is like, normally you would be charging a fee for content distribution, and that would obviously push push the budget up and make it too sort of cost prohibitive. So YouTube Live comes along, it's free, um, it's very reliable, um, it looks great. So if you've got a venue that's got a great internet connection, you can upload, you know, a good sort of two meg, five meg kind of quality and, and get some good 720p um, results and uh, that's come along and it's really sort of opened it up. I think Facebook Live's come along and and taken it that one step further where um, you've almost got the audience and it's profiled and you can sort of push it and the demographics are there. So you've got an event and then you've got an audience that's almost like profiled and perfectly targeted for your message, for the event messaging. So I think the Facebook Live is just taking it to the next step because it's got the sort of ready-made audience. So you hit go uh, they get a notification, and provided it's, it's it's done at the right time of day, and the audience are sort of like switched on to to that brand or that event, then you've got the sort of perfect marriage there. So I think it, it it's evolving all the time, but it, it's got to a nice point. And I think I think it was about six months ago. Facebook Live spent so much money on advertising the the live element. So it was obviously they were doing forty-eight sheets, bus backs, um, loads of TV advertising. So they've really sort of pushed pushed the sort of live element and um interestingly the u k and, and, and probably Europe is a little bit uh, behind with sort of the, the live elements because we 've done some work in um, in china um, mm-hmm. with Umbro and um, they were saying that it's a big thing, Is the the sort of live stream and everyone live streams content, you know, brands do it, people do it, constantly everyone's streaming live, so you're on the bus or you're on the, the sort of metro or whatever, you're always doing sort of like live content and you know, you've got your profiled audience on your social media channels and they're watching it. Um, so in the UK, we're a little bit behind that, but I think brands are sort of switching onto that, events are switching onto that. And I think with events, I think, you know if you're like I say if you're spending like hundreds of thousands of pounds on making this amazing event and 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 it's the right kind of event um then to take the next step to sort of push that out to Facebook live and do a little bit more promotion on the event and some sort of targeting and and some build up to the event then you're gonna sort of extend the reach for not a lot of you know not 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 so much more money then you're gonna extend extend the reach you're gonna create a load of great on demand content um you're going to be able to use content from the event for marketing purposes and you know You still be able to use that from previous but it, it's ready-made kind of thing So if sure, you're trying yeah.
0: to
1: ticket sales for the next event You've got the content there and you know, it's just a really good way of like extending
0: the life of an, of an event well, One of the other major benefits um, and I think uh, broadly speaking it is a benefit uh, is on Facebook live you've, people have got the ability to post comments Um, whilst they're watching the live stream, Um, so you can see how people are reacting to that particular video and I suppose in the the right type of event setting and let's say for example you have a a conference that's being live streamed via Facebook Live, you could potentially have people who can't make it along using the Facebook live stream as a way to submit questions. Absolutely, yeah. Now the flip side to that, what a lot of event organisers will inevitably ask is what about you know trolls what about people who maybe have had a bad experience at the event <laughs> how do you control the comments coming up because the tweet walls and this is the example I'm going to use people have been to conferences where they've seen live tweet walls and tweets going up onto screens um, not an uncommon practice but generally speaking there's always somebody there vetting the tweets that are going up onto yeah, those tweets. Yeah. How, how does how, how does the moderation element work with Facebook live? Um,
1: yeah there is, there is a moderation facility uh, it's slightly different. Um, we we did an an event. It wasn't actually using Facebook, but it was a YouTube for a, a big um, conference in in Brussels. And they were very paranoid. They've got um, they're, they're a big global brand. Everyone everyone knows them, and they were very worried about the trolls. And we spent like hours working out a process and a procedure for moderating questions and stuff like that. And thankfully, no no one sort of posted ones. But I think in the in the Facebook kind of um, Facebook Live kind of world is, I think you obviously have to wait for someone to post the first comment, then you can quite easily delete and block and hide that kind of individual. Um, You can't really, it's not like um, some of the events we do, we use a different system to moderate the questions and you can Really yep. screen them first, but uh, Facebook live is a little bit more. Okay. So they posted a comment, right? Let's block them Bang, They're off um, so
0: you perhaps need Somebody there who's a little bit more um, You perhaps need to be a little bit more switched on because you can't just look at some comments that have come in, in The last five minutes and decide which ones you want to moderate and and apply exactly. you have to be would, watching it live Exactly we would always have
1: uh, someone doing that job, literally just sitting across social media channels and watching the comments come in, because we, we we would have, so if you did open it up to the online audience to ask a question, we would sort of have someone monitoring those questions and then they would take the best questions and post them to the presenters, but um, similarly if you know there were some crazy people posting um, sort of the wrong kind of comments, we would then sort of moderate those out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely,
0: an issue but it's something that's very manageable On a a technical level, uh, again, uh, stuff that I'm sure people will will be asking as event organisers is um, even though they understand the the principle and the platform of Facebook Live many of them will still reference it as something that they will access using the camera and the microphone on their mobile device Um, How do we take Facebook Live and actually utilise good quality lighting the audio that's coming from you know a high quality mixing desk how do we utilize the camera feeds that you've got set up all around a different venue
1: yeah, I mean, ultimately, ho- hopefully you use a sort of professional organisation similar to ourselves to sort of take those feeds because we do we do sort of, um, we do the, the end-to-end solution so someone will come along and say, right, okay, can you do everything from cameras right through to, um, you know, distribution and online and moderation and all that kind of thing. But similarly, uh, we also get asked just to do the sort of, the, the video bit, so we'll just rock up. With our encoding equipment and backup encoders, and we would take a feed from the desk, a good quality mixed um, feed, um, uh, an output of the cameras that the vision mix feed. We'd also take a feed of any video play-ins and also um, any sort of screen presentations.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, PowerPoints and keynotes.
1: Yeah, Yeah, or if anyone's doing any sort of web presentations or, or things like that, so we can pull all those in, and then we would vision mix. Um, or we would just take an output of what 's being seen in the, the the room sometimes we slightly do a slightly different mix because it's there's a different kind of um you'd sort of mix it slightly differently for the room as you would for the di- for online so you 'd have more live cameras online and less presentation whereas in the room you could obviously see it with your eyes and then you 're looking at the screen for sort of secondary input um so we would do all that kind of element and then we would do the encoding the distribution like i say the moderation uh monitor all the stats and all that kind of thing. Um, and it, I mean, the, the the big challenge for um, all these kind of sort of Facebook Live, YouTube Live, is the um, internet connection. That it's reliable, it's solid, it's fast mm-hmm. enough. There isn't contention. You know, you you can't share a venue's Wi-Fi with the delegates, kind of thing. That's that's a big no. You would be in for a whole world of pain if you ever tried to do that. Um, but yeah, that kind of uh, pre-work, which is where we like, try and typically get involved. Um, testing the line, testing the redundancy, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's where the sort of real skill comes in, so that's 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 sort of like how you ensure that the quality is there, the reliability is there.
0: And is that where companies like yourselves have had to really um expand their portfolio of, of skill, I suppose, in a way, is, is, you know, traditionally, you know, maybe 20 years ago, you'd have had a video company who would have simply been contracted to turn up and film it. It wouldn't have necessarily been for live feeds or IMAG stuff, it, it would have been for retrospective watching of that particular event after it's taken place. So you wouldn't have needed the skill set of understanding how the internet works, how upload speeds are managed, how data connections work. Um, it, as a company do you have to sort of constantly expand your portfolio of skill to to be able to deal with all the various different elements that are associated now with producing video
1: absolutely um i mean my background is it's sort of marketing um and events kind of thing uh, with a little bit of online in there uh, but we we employ a, a guy who's specifically uh, skilled in sort of it networks tech, you know he's a, an it technician so when we sort of plan out a job, we will go to the the venue, liaise with their technical support, um, run quite a few tests. So yeah, it, I mean the amount of times we've sort of sat in hotels, and sometimes you know we we've flown over to Belgium to literally just plug a cable into a wall, wait a few minutes, check it, check everything's okay, check the other line, and then fly back kind of thing, just <laughs> to make sure that it you know that it that it's working. So, um, yeah, it, the, the mix of skills is, is massive now, but IT is a huge part of this, to, to do it properly.
0: And when it comes to um, to actually choosing the best route forward, if you're working with a client who says, look, we've got this event, you know, we've got a number of different social media channels that are all well engaged, we want to live stream it, how will you actually look at... The pros and cons of each one and decide which solution is the best one for any given event i.e do we use youtube do we use facebook do we use a traditional live streaming into directly in somebody's website for example where it's embedded yeah. then into somebody's website and the viewers would go there to watch it
1: i think initially it's looking at who you want to reach the audience you're trying to target uh, then other times you've got sort of security elements in as much as you might want to lock it down so you might want to invite some um you know some important people who um who can't attend the actual physical event, so that needs to be sort of password protected and quite secure um then we sort of look at okay so you know you've got a profiled audience you might have um i don't know a hundred thousand Facebook followers. Um, but you might be working with a brand or a person that has another sort of following So you would look to sort of use their following to try and migrate their following towards you mm-hmm. um, So that's a great way of doing it so you go okay So we want to you know you got a hundred thousand Let's bring try and get as many of those two hundred thousands over by making the right kind of post that Such a such a person is, is presenting at this event and hopefully they would migrate over to your page and become um, followers of your page kind of thing um, yeah, uh, uh, The things we've done a lot of recently as well is looking at um, using more than one channel. So okay. we've done um, YouTube and Facebook. We've also done uh, YouTube and then sent them into internal corporate networks as well. So we've obviously we've done a, an event and we've pushed it out to the, the general public, to the wider audience. That's gone out on YouTube, that's typically gone out on the YouTube channel, it's been embedded into the client's website. Um, promoted on, on Twitter and other social media channels, Facebook as well. But then, similarly, it's been pushed back into their internal network where they, as a, as a company, are so big that they can't just all hit the same YouTube page at the same time because it would destroy their network. And we'd all get in a lot of trouble. So, they have a different system, like a Contiki platform, which is for kind of doing like internal sort of peer to peer messaging so it doesn't hammer their network. So, you're looking at sort of pushing it out to the wider world to, I, th- I mean, I think it's like two or 300 viewers. Uh, Concurrent viewers, and then it went to potentially 7,000 internal staff. So you're looking at like, you know, different channels there. Um, What that typically means in practice is that you need to take more encoders, more backup encoders, and you need a better internet connection. Um, So you generally find that people are now doing, okay, so we'll do the the profile of the audience on Facebook, but we'll also try and do YouTube as well to try and capture the wider world that,
0: that isn't in the sort of Facebook. Uh, sphere. The, the, this is very much uh, going to be your opinion, as a, as opposed to a you know a, a piece of fact. But given the accessibility now of of live streaming, and generally speaking, the accessibility of good internet connections, even if that's a really good quality four G cellular uh, connection, um, is there any reason now why any event, regardless of type, shouldn't be? Streaming content. I mean, uh, I suppose uh, uh, to answer my own question, maybe if there's sensitive content, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, but in a, in the, on a general level, is there any reason why anybody shouldn't shouldn't be doing this? I, I really don't think so.
1: I mean, providing that there's an audience and people you think will want to watch this kind of content, there's no point doing it if you're, you know, it, it's quite a dry topic, you know, and. It, I would look at more sort of consumer B2C kind of events as opposed to B2B events but I think the B2B events would be better towards kind of the YouTube uh, trying to push people back into uh, a website with maybe a YouTube embedded uh, player but um, if it's quite an exciting brand and they're doing something and I think using Twitter and uh, Instagram to push people into the Facebook page to watch it, I definitely think You know, more and more events should be sort of that little push extra to go uh, live streamed. You know, it's a bit of a no-brainer now. And mainly for the fact that it creates such good content instantly that as soon as the events, you know, um, finish, you can start pushing out those clips. It just gives
0: you another story to kind of, like, talk about how How dynamic and how innovative have have some of your clients been in in approaching you as things like YouTube and Facebook have rolled out new um, new opportunities um, how How vocal have they been and, and how yeah i suppose um, creative have they been when they 've come to you and said, "We understand how this works, can we do this? can we do that um,
1: well one recently we did for um, uh, Dr. Erka, which is like a, a sort of chocolate brand they They wanted to do um like a kind of cookery competition in the style of great british Bake off, so they um, signed up I think John Waite, who was one of the former winners and he was a sort of bit of a brand ambassador but um rather than just obviously doing it and filming it we we live streamed that so he 's got a cookery school up in the the wilds of Lancashire um, His internet connection wasn 't great, so we um we sorted out like mobile internet using a, a sort of uh, live view pack. So that mm-hmm. sort of gave us internet connection in a field effectively. Uh, and from there, we sort of live streamed the whole of the six hour cooking competition. But you might think, oh, you know, who's gonna sit and watch six hours of a cook- cookery competition? But what we found was, sort of, people were watching the introductions, dipping in, yeah. coming back, going in again. So the stats were really interesting for that. And um, I think it was on a bank holiday Sunday, but we had really good uh, figures. And um, it worked really well, you know. we 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 sort of had, um, one or two sort of locked off cameras, so we were just switching between the shots as, as sort of people were generally cooking And then we would add sort of more detailed camera, sort of wireless camera operator um, And watching the sort of social feed of people asking questions and interacting and sort of, sort of commenting on how good the cakes looked and all that kind of thing um, mm-hmm. It worked really, really well And um, I think brands... Uh, We'll do these kind of like events, and also try and push them out online, just to sort of get that extra bit of um, value out of them. You know, if you're spending all that money on doing the kind of you know big brand kind of push, then Mm. you know to take it a little bit further uh, wouldn't actually cost that much. Um, But that's probably the most innovative one recently, I I think. That was like
0: May, Um, and that was a, a great one to work on. And and do they um do they. Do the events that you work on ever relay the live stream back into the room? Is it, generally speaking, just for people who are not there that they want the live stream to be applicable for, or will they have monitors so that people who are walking around an event maybe can watch the live stream as well?
1: Um, I've never seen that done. I mean, the danger is um, is that the, the, there's always a sort of 10-second to 30-second delay. So if you were trying right. to... Do it all the way round. You'd be like, hang on a minute, that's just happened. We did a, an <laughs> event uh, two or three years ago, as part of you know being honest and as part of the learning curve, and it was sort of a live stream from uh, a lecture theatre in Liverpool to uh, another one in London and somewhere in sort of North Wales or something like that. And um, we were sort of beaming feeds back, and then there was this funny situation where the the presentation finished in Liverpool, everyone clapped and then everyone sort of starting onto to the, the next bit. And then the room on the other screen, they started clapping because they'd just seen the feed. And it was like, well, why are they just clapping now? And it was like, because they're 20, 20 seconds behind. Um, so they're the sort of things that, from a technical point of view, you, you've just got to map out and go, hang on a minute, this could really
0: backfire and look a bit stupid. Yeah, the, 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 this could <laughs> not work. Um, yeah. W- when we're looking at the, the these platforms are constantly defining them, uh, redefining themselves and, and developing new aspects to them. But when it comes to something like Facebook Live, when it is a case of, right, I'm just going to go live through my Facebook page with some yeah. video, really, how much more sophisticated could that become? And are you aware of any developments that, that any of those platforms are working on, actually, to improve what they're doing with their live streaming offerings?
1: Um, I mean, the the main one recently is they've they've massively improved the publishing tool. So um, previously, you'd, you'd effect, like you said, you'd just go live, and that would be it and that would be the announcement. Uh, now, if you schedule it, schedule the event, it will actually put out an announcement that the, a live event has been scheduled, and then as it goes live, you sort of get a notification. But I think as with any kind of event, it's all about the uh, the promotion. It's all about the pre. Pre build up, it's you know, I would never say, you know, don't ever cannibalize ticket sales or delegate attendance by going too early. But as you get closer to the date and you do the announcement that you're going to sort of Facebook live it or live stream it, then it's all about the promotion and being sort of front of mind and getting people to put it into their diary that you know, at 7 p.m. on a, on a Tuesday night, that they need to be on Facebook live or, or on Facebook just so they can watch this event, um, or if it's during the day, that kind of thing. But I think, yeah, in, in terms of, I mean, the, the Facebook Live is constantly evolving. We're, we're finding things changing all the time. They've recently changed the how long you can stream uh, live for. Uh, initially, right. it was about to 90 minutes. So if you were doing a conference that was two hours, you'd be like, okay, where do we cut it off? Or do we do the continuous live stream option, which then doesn't record on demand? And so you'd have to do a local recording and then re-encode and upload so there's a bit of um, faff there but I think as it uh, adoption rates have improved and it, it's sort of taken off, taken off a little bit they've changed that to you can do a four hour show um, without having to oh, sort of right. any but okay. you can still do the so if you've got a kitten or kind of thing you can do the continuous live thing so if you didn't depend on the kind of event but you could have that just playing and you know, Facebook Live all the way. You know, if you had a webcam on a conference hall and people were milling around or there was something exciting happening, you could do that. Um, But I think if you were doing a a kind of conference thing, it's good now that you could almost get a whole morning session into one broadcast without having to stop in between and and cut the the different presenters down, basically. So they're the kind of evolutionary things that are happening all the time, really. But yeah. They they're very good at not telling you that they've made these changes. So every time we come back and do a different kind of thing, it's like oh, where's that button gone? Or this has changed and that kind of thing. So, you know, if you were trying to do it yourself, you'd be you know well you know what what what's happening here kind of thing. So we do kind of stay abreast of a lot of these developments.
0: When when live streaming first sort of pitched up, if you would, um, a lot of event organisers were worried and and voiced. Um, voiced their opinion that by live streaming something they were worried that they would actually reduce the, the amount of people coming to the physical event yeah. if somebody could dial into it from their laptop and not have to leave their office or their or the comfort of their sofa why would they actually come and, and I suppose to an extent that's been disproved slightly and this whole idea of amplifying an event um, you know has, has come into play do, do you think it, it, that's still an argument is it something that still crops up in your line of work where people still have this Slight objection to live streaming for that reason
1: um, Yeah, I mean we, we still have the conversation with clients about when to announce the, the kind of live stream element to things um, I think it's a little bit in, in relation to timings I mean if, if you went out with your invite and it was kind of like um, I could go and it'll cost 250 pounds and travel and accommodation and the bar bill and all that kind of stuff versus, you know, I could log on and just watch this remotely. You would probably go, oh, okay it'll make my bosses uh, happier if I just go for the online version. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think event organizers are very switched on, you know, they they know not to go and announce it straight away, you kind of think. And it's usually a case that they wait till like, like a couple of weeks beforehand, and it is it's squeezing that sort of last bit of interest from from the wider world and that kind of thing out uh, right at the end. Um, I don't think I've ever had any kind of situation where someone's gone, oh I was going to go to the event but I thought I'll hold on because I know they'll stream it online, I don't think that's ever happened. I think there's so many be- other benefits of being able to attend an event and network and you know see things first hand and talk to other people that that will... Never get sort of, you know, uh, superseded by a, a live stream. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one, and it's something that will always sort of rage on
0: what one thing facebook are brilliant um at doing is monetizing the platform being being able to to take the data of their users and that turn it turn it into a hugely powerful advertising platform for companies who want to spend the money on there um with it being such a powerful tool now for broadcast and with facebook live being such a great way to to stream content um in a very very professional manner when when they integrate services like yours with the cameras yeah. and everything um is, are they looking at already, have they managed to monetize it and do you think there's going to be a scenario where big events will have to pay for the use of Facebook Live depending on their numbers or the volume of people that they're broadcasting to? Possibly, I mean,
1: I think there's always this kind of thing with Facebook isn't it? they get the, the usage and the adoption and then they'll roll out kind of like you say monetizing elements to it. Um, I mean there might be a scenario in the future that they, uh, like you say based on viewer numbers or um, the one I could see is almost like an option where it would be you can stream it live, but we were allowed to put our adverts across the front kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then you would pay to not have those kind of uh, adverts. That used to exist heavily prior to prior to YouTube Live and um, live stream and UStream, where you would sort of buy channel time on on their networks. You would set up your own page and you would buy a channel, and then you would pay a fee to try and get a white labeled ad free version so mm-hmm. that that's already existed but i think livestream have moved away from that now um but you know with with like i say with facebook you never know what's going to come, come next what's around the corner and they are a, a sort of you know a money making machine so i can honestly say that it wouldn't surprise me if they do sort of um, bring in ads or kind of white labeling options or viewer figures and get onto the fact that corporates and or- event organisers are, are using it so effectively, but um, I think it's a few years away yet.
0: We've we've seen in the last uh, ten years or just over ten years now, since since Facebook, you know, was launched and and really sort of hit its massive massive boom. Um, I I don't know if we'll see another period of time like it where we see such major organizations like Google, like Amazon, like Facebook, like Twitter, like YouTube grow and launch and within 10 years establish themselves as absolute giants in the market. That said the BBC um, as part of its annual plan that it it releases has, has, has prioritized live video content on its mobile news app as one of the really the, the things that it really wants to develop specifically as a way it says <coughs> to challenge facebook and youtube to appeal to a younger audience and that is directly relevant to the live video elements that that those platforms have got built into them so you have got people like the bbc aware of the fact that live streaming is a huge part of people's lives and actually actively looking not to challenge it but to offer their own solutions yeah so so i suppose what i'm asking is as a company working very much within that world do you think that more platforms are going to identify live video feeds as a as a as a means of communication and start integrating them so instead of just using facebook youtube Twitter, using its Periscope function, we, we'll actually see it embedded within news apps, within other types of apps like Snapchat, like WhatsApp, for example.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think they'll integrate all kinds of video, it, well, certainly live video into different elements. I mean, like you were saying, on the news elements, I think they'll probably, it, it, it's all about user-generated content, isn't it? It makes it so real, it's so, like, now. Um, so I think that's, it's it's just going to sort of grow and grow. And as I said before, the the example in China, um, they're already, and and the Far East as well, they're already so far ahead on on kind of the adoption of using sort of live content, user content. Um, And that will just sort of roll over here very quickly.
0: that may come as a surprise to to people listening to this, because I know that historically China have had a lot of restrictions over their internet access yeah. and, and and what domains that they can they can come onto. And they were a, a little bit late to the social media party, but having joined it, seemed like the, according to you, they're actually leading the way in certain aspects.
1: Yeah, I think it's on the the We, we, we Weibo we, Weibo platform that they're they're massively um in, integrated the the live elements to it because it was a huge learning curve for me because we were sort of talking to um. The representative out out in China, they were sort of trying to explain to us how how big it is. And we were like, okay, so we've got to try and work around this kind of huge um, infrastructure security issues um, to get the feed o- over to China, uh, which we managed to do. Um, but obviously, they don't use like Facebook and things like that. They're very sort of insular in the to the type the, the networks that they use. But they, you know, the, the live element is a huge part of this. <laughs>
0: It's, um, it, it's something that uh, is only going to grow and grow and grow. I feel um, you know more and more event organisers uh, are using this platform at a basic level uh, and also a more sophisticated level. And I think, um, like anything, as, as the more sophisticated level becomes more accessible to people, um, like all technology does, I think we're going to see it uh, become a, a pretty much a standard occurrence. You know, people any type of event now uses social media as a means to amplify what it's doing, whether that be through Twitter or Facebook. And I think that these, these elements of those social media platforms are, um, are only gonna grow and grow and grow. Um, we're gonna wrap up today's episode um, and thank our guest, uh, Chris Holmes. Chris is the Director of Broadcasting at Zoot. Chris, thanks very much for joining the podcast today. Thanks, James, no problem. If people wanna find out a little bit more about, uh, about Zoot and what you do, um, how can they find you?
1: yeah we're just on uh, zoopmedia.com um yeah the the sort of the, the website sort of split into lots of video elements but also there's a live streaming showreel that's that's on there that's just a little snapshot
0: of some of the stuff we've done um Fantastic. Well, yeah, thanks very much for joining us today. Don't forget that the uh, Event Industry News podcast is sponsored by N200 GES, our smart event solution partner. For more information on N200 and its smart event solutions, head over to n200.com for more information. Don't uh, don't forget as well to head over to uh, Event Industry News and find out more about the new Event Industry News app available for all the major mobile devices. It's a great way to keep up to date with all the latest content developments and stories within the industry and follow event industry news on Twitter at event news blog we're going to wrap up today's episode thanks again to Chris for joining us today and uh, we will see you next time on the event industry news podcast Thanks very much good night